What is up, Whisper Nation? Big Travi, Johnny Game, Tom Hicks, and Austin Sear. We are back with episode 83 of Week 6 Previews. Can't believe it's already happening. Episode 83 right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Chase Evans, running back with the Arizona Cardinals, and you're listening to Fantasy Whispers Podcast. Make sure you guys tune in so you can get the scoop on the best moves for your fantasy team. These guys got great information. Help you win out on your team, man. Go Bird Game. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Friday, October 11th, and you're listening to episode 83 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Austin Sear. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, and of course, our rankings. And new for 2019, we have our Patreon account. So head on over to patreon.com and search The Fantasy Whispers to check us out. That's right. Welcome in, boys. Yeah, we are Welcome back. in. I feel oh, welcome. My goodness. Yes. Well, you are, man. Welcome. Thank you. You are always welcome. You are one of the yes. main staples of the show, Austin Sear. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. honestly, like I'm surprised a... you haven't replaced me yet. I know Johnny's trying. Uh, Did he not talk to you about that? Every yeah. week. Uh, Never I mind. They I come after really, me. I didn't really want to do this on the show. Um, oh, here we go. But yeah, uh, just I mean, <laughs> Austin's two minute drill is just killing it, and uh, the people are loving it. The people are that two minute it. drill. That two minute drill should be the reason I get fired. That thing well, is amazing. I love, make, I love making it, and I'm just glad that we have this platform here to share this with Whisper Nation. So be sure to check that one out on the YouTube page. Let me know how right. I did. Let me know what I missed. Yeah, yeah, head on over to YouTube, click like and subscribe. You can check out the two-minute drill there. Austin does a great job of basically running through all the fantasy football storylines for every matchup in under two minutes. It's, I mean, that it's impressive. In one take. It's in insane. one take. And yeah. So yeah, if you only have two minutes, you don't have the full hour to listen to us ramble on, uh, head on over to the it's a YouTube exclusive, and Austin will run down every matchup, uh, tell you who to sit. Uh, and who does not start in two, under two minutes. It's great. Yeah, so Austin goes through every matchup. This week, we're going to do something different. We're going to go through five of our key matchups that we like for fantasy football purposes this week. Maybe a little bit of football purposes mixed in there as well. Real football, that is. Um, and so Austin's going to help us go through those five. Then we've got some buy or sell candidates as well. And we've also got some under-the-radar plays or fades for you guys, Whisper Nation, as you guys get ready for this week six to dominate your league. But before we jump into this week six action, awesome, we got some news and notes. We do, brought to you by Fanatic. It's time for the news and notes from around the NFL. Brought to you, as we said, by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q, where fantasy meets IQ. Fanatic has done some amazing work to their app this offseason, including articles being added, podcast episodes, player stats, and beat writer updates all within their app. So head on over to the App Store now on your Apple device and download today. Yeah. So jumping into those news and notes, first one here, Todd Gurley uh, is dealing with a quad injury. He remains sidelined on Thursday. Travis, how concerned are you for Todd Gurley? This is a concern, and it doesn't even have to do with the arthritic knee that he came into the season with. It's a quad and not only in the same week, I mean, 
hit me if you've heard this before, but Gurley's in one week hurt, and then in the next couple days, McVay's talking up running backs they have on the depth chart. It reminds me eerily of what happened with C.J. Anderson last year where they brought C.J. Anderson in off the street and, st- and McVay could not stop talking about him right up leading to Gurley sitting and uh, C.J. Anderson doing things that are pretty well for the team. We've seen Malcolm Brown in stints. Mm-hmm. We know they drafted Daryl Henderson high. So I think that they're, if, they're, if there's any concern for them, they could just sit uh, Gurley and keep rolling as is. Yeah, probably not as big a concern for the Los Angeles Rams as it is for your fantasy team. Uh, Chris Carson, another running back doing well, was added to the Seahawks injury report on Thursday, getting a limited session, dealing with a shoulder injury. Johnny, is this something that's going to be holding Chris Carson out of action, or is this something that's just part of the normal wear and tear of the football season? Well, listen, Chris Carson is a banger. He He's a between the tackles. You know he loves contact, and he's a bigger running back. But I'm not too concerned. He was limited, yes, but he was also made available uh, for the media afterwards, and he said this is minor. It shouldn't be anything that holds him out. Uh, I am certainly not concerned uh, to the extent that I am with the Gurley injury, Uh, but it is something to monitor, of course. Anytime a player pops up on an injury report, it's never really too good, but this one seems to be more minor news as opposed to major news. Chris Carson, a banger that he is. You know, Pitbull one time just brought him in the studio just to have him breathe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dropping the big club bangers. My question is, did uh, Chris Carson go, Mr. Chris Carson, worldwide, because he's got to always mention his name uh, for some reason. He was about to, but then he dropped the mic. Uh, (laughs) Moving on, Rob Gronkowski. Speaking of club bangers, you know, Gronkowski. Hey, that's what that's what we call a professional segue there. Robert's uh, Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, is holding out hope Rob Gronkowski will eventually unretire. I think that the whole world is. Um, but we're also still getting some great Gronkowski content with him just being himself. Uh, do you have any faith in Gron- Gronkowski actually coming back? What do you think, Travis? I have no faith in it. If you look at Gronkowski right now, he looks about as skinny as Johnny. Uh, <laughs> maybe, well, maybe not that skinny, yeah. but he's shit. Wow. Unreal, he dude. He looks like he's going to be like playing tight end in the NFL and be that behemoth that was, you know, made him so special. I got to say this one thing because I've observed all of this in the comments about Rob Gronkowski being so skinny, and they are. But this dude is not skinny by yeah. human measures. Like this <laughs> right, dude is right. still crazy ripped. Yeah. He, he went from. Hall of Fame tight end to lead lifeguard on Baywatch. Yeah, <laughs> that's where yeah. he went. Hey, that's a life right there. That's a professional a club banger. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> the life of a professional banger yeah. in all senses of the word. Jersey, Jersey Shore type. Uh, so moving on to something that actually matters. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara added to the Thursday injury report with an ankle issue, getting in a limited session. We know that these late in the week additions are not good, but how not good is it, Johnny? Uh, I mean, this is uh, something definitely to monitor. But again, I think this is more like, hey, we have to list this. I don't think it's a major, major issue uh, that his that his ankle is going to hinder him in any way. I'm still starting Alvin Kamara. I feel confident he's going to play this week. But again, uh, something to monitor moving forward because uh, he is on the injury list. But I'm not I'm not too concerned if at the end of the day, I think he suits up. How good are Alvin Kamara owners? They're as good as his ankle is. So. Yeah, and I would I would say just as a precautionary statement, pick up Latavius Murray yeah, and all leagues absolutely. that you can afford the bench spot because if does 
something were to aggravate with uh, Latavius Murray or with Alvin Kamara, you know Latavius Murray is in line for a lot of touches and a decent rushing. And he's offense. capable as well. He he is a good yeah. running back. He just needs that volume. In our league of record, I offered the Alvin Kamara owner the insurance policy in Latavius Murray. He said, I'm good. I said, you are only as good as his ankle. We'll keep oh, monitoring yeah. that as nice. it goes. Yeah. Mason Rudolph is dealing with a concussion, but he was at practice. He was limited. Um, Travis, is this is he going to start after that? This would be it, absolutely it insane. actually looks like it. Austin, yeah. I, I crazily enough, this guy went goo goo gaga when immediately fell asleep on his way to the ground. They basically took a chainsaw, cut his face mask off, and you know, I'm just kidding. I mean, but tears were I mean, shed. Juju was that, over there crying on the almost, sideline. It was almost that brutal. And Mason Rudolph is now practicing in a limited fashion. Looks like, you know, the Steelers may be able to throw him out there. Johnny, is week. he being tough or is he being dumb? Uh, it, they're football players. They're always going to be playing injured. So dumb. And, and got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. All right. So moving on, the Washington Redskins are expected to feature Adrian Peterson in week six. Uh, this is with a new coach taking the reins. Uh, Bill Callahan, who's going to be filling in there right now. You buying into this as AP? Uh, as weird as it AD? sounds, like I don't know what year it is, but if you think about Bill Callahan, new coach, old man, old NFL head, loves to run the football. This guy was back around when, you know, uh, Gruden won his first Super Bowl against Bill Callahan. Right. So, uh, or his only Super Bowl against Bill Callahan. So, yeah, I do think they will feature him. This is probably going to be your best matchup in this new look Washington Redskins offense for Adrian Peterson going up against the Dolphins. A flex play who could become an RB2 this week. Uh, given the right situation, this is a good situation. Yeah. Someone asked me between Kenyon Drake and Adrian Peterson in a standard league, I'm probably taking AP just based on volume, and I think that the matchup's a little bit better. Yeah, I like that one there over there, too. Uh, old school running back, old school coach, and antiquated franchise. Yeah. All right. Johnny, you think, who, Johnny, who do you like, uh, Chris Thompson or Adrian Peterson in this one? Uh, Adrian Peterson. They say they're going to run the ball. They want to use him. And, I, dude, I wouldn't, be I wouldn't be surprised if AP came out, got 20, 25 touches in this game. They should actually be in this game. It's against uh, two 0-5 teams. And uh, so I, I think that AP will get fed, and maybe he might have a little flashback, flash in the pan. Uh, so I'm not surprised at all if you see 70 yards and a touchdown at the end of that day going against the Dolphins. Yeah. Brandon Cooks, also dealing with a concussion, is expected to play against the 49ers. Johnny, we talked about this a little bit this last week. Is is there any reason to believe Cooks is not going to be in after that Thursday? I mean, ball? it's it's always a concussion, so there is a concern that he doesn't play because it's it, there's no certain there's no set timetable for how right. how long a player could be out with a concussion. But it is sounding like they are optimistic and that they do expect him to play, which is great news because I think this is a very good matchup. Uh, well, not great matchup, but you do certainly like Brandon Cooks in this matchup if he can give it a go. His air yards have been uh, top-notch on this team, and so I do like Brandon Cooks if he can go. Yeah, no no asymptomatic on those concussions, but concussions are no joke. We know this for a lot of reasons, and a concussion is what kept Sidney Crosby of the NHL out for an entire season. So. And you think that you're going on a right track, and you have no idea. Right. Uh, you just really don't, depending on what happens with your symptoms and what's going on there. You wake so, up in the morning and puke all over the bed sheets while well, symptoms came back. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you probably shouldn't be playing Mason Rudolph. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> 
Uh, that wraps up our news and notes for uh, week six. Going into week six, of course, brought to you by Fanatic. So head on over to your Apple Devices app store and grab Fanatic today. You can check out our rankings in there. And like Austin alluded to, a lot of uh, podcast episodes, a lot of good stuff in there. So check it out. And as always, like and subscribe to the show if you haven't already right here on YouTube if you're listening. If you're on Apple or, or uh, Spotify, leave us a review. We'd love to get that feedback from you guys. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, it would help us out tremendously. And we love reading now, your reviews on the show. So That's true. You can we do that every Sunday, so check it out. Yeah. Um, TFW's top five games of the week. I'm excited for this. We did a little bit differently. We've been rolling this show kind of free-for-all every week. Uh, maybe it's rankings, maybe it's matchups, whatever we're feeling in that moment. We like this uh, format today because we're going to talk about five games that we love the most uh, for fantasy football purposes. Just a reminder, the Bills, Colts, Bears, and Raiders are all on by this week, so make sure you're checking your lineups, getting those guys out of your lineups if they play for those teams. But Austin, why don't you get us started here with our first game of the week? Yeah, an exciting one here with Seattle Seahawks at the Cleveland Browns. The over-under on this one's 46. Decent scoring game over here with Seattle favored by a point and a half. Uh, we know the Seahawks' Russell Wilson's been playing at an MVP level, um, throwing the ball a lot to Tyler Lockett. Will Disley's came out mm. and looked like a legit option over there. Chris Carson is banging as he's doing. Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, the talent is undeniable, as is the suckage over <laughs> there in Cleveland. And um, something that they could pop off at any moment, but also they could leave you scratching your head and uh, uh, potentially taking out your emotions if you're a Browns fan in a whole host of ways. Johnny, what do you like about this game over here? Well, one, I do like the over-under. It's uh, a, a nice over-under. It means that there, are, there should be a lot of points scored here. But if I'm looking at the Seattle side of the ball, listen, don't get cute. You're going to start Chris Carson unless that shoulder injury becomes more of an issue, in which case if he is out, then I have, I have full confidence in starting uh, the, the backup running back here and um, and Penny. Sorry, I blanked on his name for a second. Uh, and Rashad Penny, I would give him a go if Chris Carson is out. But I do fully expect Chris Carson to be in here. But the other guy that I'm really liking on Seattle's side of the ball is Tyler Lockett. Look, Tyler Lockett, a lot of people want to give flack when you get when you draft him, right? It's it's not really, you don't get the, ooh, ah, dang it, I wish I would have gotten him. You got more of the, ah, you got Tyler Lockett kind of thing. But listen, Tyler Lockett is averaging 11.7 Air, total air yards for this offense, which is a very healthy air yards uh, that, you, that you like to see, right? And then you you look at what his average yards of separation, that's at 3.5. That's a good window for Russell Wilson to throw in. And then you look at what he's done so far this season, 30, on, uh, 30 for 36 uh, catches for 379. He's, he's gotten in the end zone three times. That's an 83% catch rate austin and, and travis that's it that's super efficient that goes yeah. right in rhythm with what this entire offense is really efficient you look at every single level the running back the the quarterback and the wide receivers they're all clicking mm -hmm. so i have no i have no qualms about starting uh tyler lockett here i would i would fully put him in your in your lineup with confidence yeah, I love what, I love what oh, Seattle's ahead. able to do yeah. in taking players who might not have a ton of pedigree and to turn these guys, if not into stars, into extremely efficient, productive players, whether it's Doug Baldwin in the past, Tyler Lockett now, or Chris Carson. 
Chris a guy Carson, with like no draft Will pedigree. Disley. We're going to talk about guys today and all of them. Even Russell Wilson, to an extent. Yeah, who third round guy. Way back. Matt Flynn was supposed to be the quarterback. They paid him after that Detroit game from Green Bay. Seattle is just a, a factory for these right. guys with grit. Uh, and, and they get these guys out there, and then they produce for your fantasy lineup. I love what Johnny said here about Russell Wilson and the production. You know, look, as a fantasy industry, we kind of let you down on Russell Wilson because we said he was going to regress this year. We said no way, 8% touchdown rate. Is he going to keep that up? Well, he's got 7.7 this yeah. year. They're continuously – they added more weapons. The run game looks just as strong, and now they're throwing a bit m- more, not as – uh, you know, not as such a low rate as last year, but I do like what Johnny said. Chris Carson is my man here. I just want to highlight a little bit of what he's been able to do after the fumble issues. Ninth in the league in rushing yards, RB 15 in standard scoring. Think if he didn't have those fumble issues, how much further up the board he'd be. Has three or more receptions in three out of five games. On average, Cleveland on the other side of the ball here is giving up 21.5 to the running back. They're giving up 117 yards per game to running backs. And even with Penny back last week, we saw Carson get out for 84% of the team's snaps. I love where Carson's at here. And just to throw one more little guy in there, we talked about Will Disley, a.k.a. the standard tight end number one. This was crazy. I actually had to vet this because I didn't really believe it. When I saw number one next to his name, I was like, no way is Disley number one. But he's been very consistent. Yeah, 80 yards or a touchdown in four straight games. Cleveland is a great matchup. They've given up four touchdowns to the tight end this year. So I really love what Seattle's got doing. I think you got these three, this big three. You got Wilson, you got Lockett, and you got Disley. Uh, I mean, and Chris Carson. So big four. My my bad there. So, yeah, I, I just love that side of the ball. And you never know when DK Metcalf might hit you with a 40-plus yard touchdown yep. right up the seam. Yep. Cleveland's got some really interesting pieces over there. Love to talk about these guys. I call them a Madden team. You know, it reminds yeah. me of that of that Philadelphia Eagles team back in the day when they had Michael Vick coming over there, and they had all of these players. If you're drafting a Madden McCoy, squad, Deshaun yeah, they were looking Jackson. Good. Who was that cornerback? The uh, started with an A, really oh, long uh, arm, six uh, foot two. Yeah. Um, oh, now I now I can't. I'll I'll remember <laughs> it. I will remember it before the show. Right, beastly, beastly corner over there. They had all these guys, and it, they, they did not live up to expectations. And Cleveland's got a lot of time to turn this season around, but they have given you some reasons for concern. Yeah, How, what are you feeling about them, Travis? Well, they're named the Browns, and they're smelling like somebody took some Browns and Ooh. dropped them off somewhere. I mean, th- this team, I have yet to see an as dysfunctional team. Like you mentioned, that Eagles team, but this squad, man, the line looks like trash. We've got Baker being called out for being a one read quarterback they've shut down half of the field for baker he looks like he's running scared and i just don't know without a big coaching change like maybe freddie kitchens gives up play calling gives it to ted munkin what it's going to take for this offense to continue to get better because it's one week they do something good the next week they look like complete garbage and i'm just a little bit scared for some of their prospects i will say coming into this matchup obj faces a middle of the road secondary so i am a fan of obj this week um he's but he has seen his targets go down in every game this year and that dysfunctional offense has kind of uh, got me scared but seattle is tied for eighth with 19 plays that they've given up that have gone for 20 or more yards through the air so he could get that big play that we saw him get against the jets and take it to the house I also like Ricky Seals-Jones in the passing game here as an interesting play. Seattle's given up about 15 points per game to the tight end position. Um, obviously, you're starting Chubb. 
and Johnny can talk a little bit more about Nick Chubb, but like you're, you're locked in on Nick Chubb, but Baker's been dropped in, in a, you know, and he, and he deserves to be in so many leagues. I just don't see a lot turning around for Cleveland anytime soon. I think fantasy purposes with that Baker Mayfield comment, no one's surprised if Baker Mayfield gets you 300 yards and three touchdowns, but you're not surprised if really any quarterback on the waiver exactly. wire is going to get you 300 yards and three touchdowns. When Baker was supposed to be top five potential this right. year and with all the weapons. We're, we're, we're seeing his ceiling be right around where any other quarterback ceiling might be maybe a little bit higher, but the consistency is even lower, which is meaning he's not somebody you need to hold on to right no. there. But they do. But some of those players you do need to hold on to. And I know that Nick Chubb's one of them and Johnny's a fan. Yeah, I love Nick Chubb. Uh, BT Dubs, by the way, will uh, Namdi Asamoah is who you were referring to as the <laughs> corner of uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and talking about Nick Chubb, look, Nick Chubb, we had told you his first couple weeks were a little bit slow, but this guy is a home run hitter. It just takes one run attempt, one rushing attempt where he could literally take it to the house. And we've seen that. Plenty of times. Listen, last year he w- he came in second behind only Saquon Barkley for the most forty plus yard plays, and he did. It. He's already done it once this year. I love Nick Chubb. I love him in this matchup. You're continuously going to start him. Also, he's being added into the passing game. He's getting on average about uh, twelve to thirteen percent of this target market share as well. So. Uh, there's no one else in that backfield that's really threatening him for that position. You've got uh, Kareem Hunt, but that's still a few more weeks away before you have to even worry about that. And so I, I love Nick Chubb. You're going to continue to start Nick Chubb. And I expect them also, listen, that offensive line is not holding up. And we have seen this time and time again. And 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 Baker Mayfield is getting sacked at a, an alarming rate. How do you combat that? You start running the ball more. So don't don't be shocked if you start seeing, you know, the Cleveland Browns start running the ball with Nick Chubb a, a little bit more because he's super efficient. He's able to get the job done. So uh, I love Nick Chubb in this matchup. I think this matchup is going to be a really exciting one for a lot of different reasons. Another matchup that is an exciting one this week is the Cincinnati Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be at home for the Ravens. The over-under is 48. Uh, with Baltimore favored by 10 and a half points. Bengals are dealing with Tyler Boyd with their number one. Joe Mixon's getting the volume over here. What are you excited about, Johnny? I'm really excited about Tyler Boyd. We've been getting a lot of questions about Tyler Boyd, and and why not, right? He's been on a bad offense. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are winless. But listen, and you know, a lot of people are, Baltimore Ravens have, in theory, a really good defense. Well, When it comes to the slot wide receiver, which Tyler Boyd often plays, the Ravens are giving up over 100 yards per game to that position. They are also giving up about 1.2 passing touchdowns per game. This is a game script in which Baltimore is favored by 10.5 points. So it does say that uh, Cincinnati Bengals should be throwing the ball a little bit more and that why not pick up the number one target or or play the number one target for Andy Dalton? I know it sounds gross. I really do. I get it. Cincinnati doesn't sound exciting. But Tyler Boyd has been really, really solid. He had a monster game last weekend against the Cardinals. We told you to start him. It, if you did, it paid off. And look, this guy has been targeted 53 times over the first five weeks. That's on average 10 targets per week. Give me those targets. We love the targets here in fantasy football. And so I love starting Tyler Boyd this week. Yeah, I think uh, to Johnny's point about the receiving game, Baltimore's given up the six most receiving yards per game with 291 
uh, per game. And I think Alden Tate kind of slid right in where John Ross left. He scored a touchdown last week. So this is a team that is going to be weekly throwing the ball a bunch. Yeah. And that, for fantasy purposes, it just reminds me of like Jacksonville a couple of years ago with Blake Bortles. You didn't love the team as a football team. They were in a lot of these games where they're underdogs by 10 plus points, but they're chucking the ball all day long because of that. So I think there's uh, value to be had here out in Tate sneaky play and Joe Mixon, man. I think the volume is there. This is a fine matchup. Johnny talked about how the perception with Baltimore is they have a good defense. They've allowed the seventh. They've allowed, I'm sorry. They've allowed the worst amount of rushing touchdowns this year with seven. They, they are the league leader in giving up rushing touchdowns. And he's got 15 or more touches in four straight. I really love Joe Mixon in this matchup. I think he can plunge into the end zone pretty easily against this Baltimore team. And I think their defense is getting a lot more name credit than they are what they've showed. The high over under 48 since he should be able to put some uh, points on the board. Cincinnati's not good, but they're not as bad as they look right now. And right. Talking, at least on offense. At least on offense. And if you ask Booger McFarlane, he thinks they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, we're not making a good case now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what it's, Baltimore's got a lot of exciting pieces. This has been a really fun team to take a look at. Johnny, um, how good are you feeling about, about Mark Ingram? What about Gus Edwards over there? Yeah. Um, what are some of these spots? So, Mark Ingram, you're going to be starting him. He's been a very solid running back. I do expect some positive regression, or sorry, some some regression as far as he's been super efficient to an, a level that is a little bit out of the norm for running backs. So I do, uh, uh, season long, I'm a little bit concerned here. But for this game, I love it. I think that Mark Ingram is going to have a stellar game. Listen, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are giving up the worst amount uh, or the most amount of points to the running back position at 38.4. They've also given up, they gave up 159 rushing yards just to the running back. I'm not t- counting to Kyler Murray's rushing ability last year or last weekend. Uh, so he, they gave up 159 rushing yards to just the running backs and a touchdown to the Arizona Cardinals last year, uh, last weekend. Also, if if you need a little spot start, you're struggling a little bit. If Gus Edwards, the Gus Bus, a.k.a., is on your waiver wire, go swoop him up and throw him in your flex spot because Gus, the Gus Bus is actually getting quite a few touches in the red zone. And unlike Mark Ingram, who has been really and kind of overly efficient at scoring touchdowns in that position, the Gus Bus has been under efficient in that, and I expect some positive regression in his. And the ten and a half, we we already talked about ten and a half point over under. This should be a game script in which Baltimore will want to run the ball a little bit more. So if you are in a bind and need Gus Bus, pick him up. Yeah, I think for me on the Baltimore side of things, I'm I just love this. I picked. I was so excited about Baltimore's defense against Cincinnati at home that I picked him up a week early in our league of record. I, I do. We did talk about since he's going to be able to get some garbage time points against Baltimore, but this just screams like an at home, get right game for Baltimore, which means a pick six is in the cards or something like that is probably there. I love that you're locked and loaded on your Baltimore starters, but you could temper expectations on the tight end and wide receiver position Mm. since he actually just based on the way they're built on defense and the way teams have attacked them. Johnny kind of spoke to it with the running game means they're top five actually against the tight end and wide receivers. So teams are getting up early through the run and kind of staying up. But I do love 
what Lamar's got at his disposal here. We just saw this team give up 93 yards on the ground to Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's great. He's very talented, but right now we're seeing the best in the business at mobile quarterback right now is Lamar Jackson. And so Lamar Jackson, who is looking at a team that just gave up nearly 100 yards to the quarterback, I love that he's in this spot for that. And I think this is the perfect get-right game because we've seen Lamar kind of take a couple weeks back from that really pop mode that he had against Arizona and Miami, and this could be a get-right game for him. Another bad team for him to do his thing against. I think that's pretty likely. Another exciting game we have is the Falcons at the Cardinals. It's going to be a 47-point over-under. Atlanta's favored by two-and-a-half points on this one. Smash the over on this yes, big time. Please. Atlanta. I, I want to bet heavy on this one. This is definitely just, going over. Two struggling defenses, two teams that have are want to throw the ball 50-plus times. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, as far as as far as all the playmakers go on the Atlanta side, I am starting everyone, including Mohamed Sanu. I want any piece of this game as <laughs> if I can. Listen, Mohamed Sanu has been a very steady uh, option for Matt Ryan, but I also want to say this guy behind me, Hooper. Austin Hooper, make sure you get him in your lineup. Listen, they were already quoted on the Arizona, you know, the the def, uh, the defensive coordinator for the uh, Arizona Cardinals had already said, listen, our main focus is just to stop Julio Jones. They were at they were asked by the media saying, hey, you give up, you know, the most points to the tight end position. Are you worried about Austin Hooper? And the response was. Austin Hooper is the third option in this offense. He can have a day. If we can shut down Julio Jones, then I feel and then I feel like our mission is accomplished. So to me, that screams start Amari or start uh, Austin Hooper in this matchup because Cooper he, too though. Yeah, yeah you're he, gonna start Amari Cooper. As well. Yeah, sorry, uh, Austin <laughs> Hooper. Make sure you start him because he should have a very solid day. The Arizona Cardinals are giving up the most to the tight end position. And so I, I yeah, no I team has allowed more touchdowns to the tight end position than the Cardinals or yards. So they've given up six touchdowns and 461 yards to the tight end position this year. I love Austin Hooper uh, smash the over smash Austin Austin Hooper in this. And Matt Ryan is in an absolute smash spot. These are right two now. teams who have not been playing great football, but good for fantasy purposes yes. and going against each other. It's going to be a lot of high scoring. Atlanta is poised to be as good as they were for a, as of a fantasy team sure. as they were last year because that defense is just trash this year again. And so now you're looking at what Arizona has given up to the quarterback position this year. In week one, they were made Matt Stafford QB4. In week two, Lamar Jackson was QB2. Kyle Allen was QB6 in week three against this squad. And then even last week, the lowly Andy Dalton was QB10. I love what you're, you're able to do against this Arizona Cardinals defense. No offense to the both of you. I know you're <laughs> Cardinals fans, but literally anybody could go out there. Kyle Allen was out there dealing on them. Without Patrick Peterson, at least, it looks like they're uh, One more week, know, and he'll be back. So <laughs> for this last week, let's see if Matt Ryan can sail off to the sunset and have a monster day. A couple of teams about to mess around and make you think they're good. Arizona <laughs> definitely being one of them. I mean, yeah. Kyler Murray's had a, had a good fantasy season right now, not – not an amazing football year, not bad, but fantasy-wise, it's looking pretty good over there, isn't he, Johnny? Yeah, he's looking fantastic. Listen, Big Travi and I were all over Kyler Murray in this offseason. We told you guys, 
draft Kyler Murray, take him. And a lot of people were sending hate. They were saying, what are you talking about? This is a rookie quarterback. Why would we do this? All this stuff. But now you're starting to see it. Now you're starting to see the fantasy community come around, and you're starting to see it come out this week. Everyone's saying, trade for Kyler Murray. It's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. Hopefully you already (laughs) took our advice and you got him. Because this week he should feast. Listen, he's starting to rush more. He's last week he had over he had, he was seven yards short of rushing for a hundred yards. He's getting a more of a feel for his pocket presence and when he should scramble, when he should throw away. And this field is being opened up. This Kyler, uh, he's being kind of the training wheels are starting to be you know a little bit loosened on this bicycle. And Kyler Murray, rest of the way, should listen. The Arizona Cardinals defense we just talked about is horrible. They're going to have to pass and continue to pass. And so we want the volume. He's going to have to throw quite a bit. Uh, You know, this Atlanta defense just gave up five touchdown passes or five touchdowns to Deshaun Watson. Now, do I think Kyler Murray is going to throw for five touchdowns? I don't because it's struggling a little bit in the red zone. But would I be surprised if they had two or three? No, not at all. Also, I want to look at the wide receivers. You want to get yeah. Larry Fitzgerald in your lineup. He is Mr. Old Reliable. In fact, he might be a little bit of a buy low candidate because he hasn't had the best of the past two weeks, but I expect him to get right this week against this Atlanta defense. And if Christian Kirk is playing, if he becomes available, right now he's he's dealing with a, a little bit of an injury. If he is cleared to play, I am starting Christian Kirk as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Kirk because the, the idea here is – you know, Kirk was injured, uh, didn't play against Cincinnati. Then the week before against Seattle, only had five targets. But those three weeks before had 32 targets in three games. Yeah. I mean, that is uh, insane usage. I think this is a perfect game for the passing game to get going. We saw Murray make it happen mm-hmm. with his legs last week. This is the matchup for them to get it going on offense. And if, if somebody, you know, dropped Kirk because he was injured and he had the five targets before, go swoop him up yeah. because this is – I mean, I did it in a couple leagues because Kirk is sitting there with some usage in the previous weeks when he was healthy. That was pretty top wide receiver-esque. I love what Christian Kirk is doing over here. We know that David Johnson has been doing really well, but there were some concerns about his back. It was locking up, and this doesn't sound like the Christian McCaffrey situation where it's, you know, okay, we're just going to take Wednesdays off now. It sounds like we're dealing with something potentially a little bit more serious, which definitely makes Chase Edmonds intriguing, right, Johnny? Yeah, I love Chase Edmonds here. Look, he had a, a really good game in a limited role, and we found out after the game that DJ uh, David Johnson had uh, a locked up back, whatever, you know, I guess, you know, as you get older. Luckily, I've never had that, so I can't contest to that, but apparently it's pretty serious to the extent that he has not practiced yet this week. If he cannot go, although I am hearing out of uh, early, you know, out of beat beat reporters and stuff that they're saying that DJ is going to try to give it a go. If DJ does not give it a go, Chase Edmonds becomes a low end RB one and a high end RB two, and you're going to want to get him in your lineup. Yeah, we know that these players are always going to be trying to give it a go. Heck, Mason Rudolph was trying to give it a go. (laughs) Face bar removed, literally saying Robert I'm good. Kraft wants uh, Gronk to give it a go. Yeah, so they all like want anybody. to. We know they're saying they're going to do that. But your back is important. It covers all of your back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that is important. 
from the from the, the famous top. words of uh, the great Power Rangers movie. I had a week back, about a week back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just when I thought <laughs> we couldn't get any dumber, exactly. Just like yeah. they, just exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Don't act well, like you guys never watched the Power Rangers movie. I know you listen, did. Listen, with the, Ivan Ooze, the, the yes. Power, well, side note with this, when that one came out, I was so excited about First off, red was my favorite color because the original Red Rangers original name was his actual name is Austin. So I loved it. And when I went to go see the uh, original Power Rangers movie with Ivan Ooze and everybody there, the creator of Power Rangers was at my local movie theater signing posters for that movie. And I went oh. there and he, ma- he made it out to my name and he spelled my name incorrectly, A-U-S-T-E-N. And I still cry about it once a month, and I'm 30 years old. So the audience uh, or the viewership of the Power Rangers movie, much like the viewership of us after this segment, is, is very going low. up. It's, no, it's uh, going up now. So yeah, we're all older now. <laughs> so with that, moving on, we got the London game. It's another 6:30 a.m. Uh, back to those fun traditions. It's yes. Carolina Panthers. Technically at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the over-under is 47 and a half with Carolina being favored by two and a half. That's a little just, surprising of a line. That That's what I'm saying here. So when this game came up for us to talk about, I didn't really want to talk about it. I, I wasn't very yeah, impressed. We were, with we, were what, in, we were all DMing and, and Travis poo-pooed when I threw out this one. He didn't want to and do the, it. And the only reason Probably was I didn't want to talk about it because Carolina, really, I Christian McCaffrey, and I really don't care because I think Kyle Allen is getting a lot of credit for the Arizona game, right? A lot of people saw him go up, and like now they're saying, oh, Kyle Allen. But actually, if you look at what Vegas thinks, they think it's going to be similar to this Atlanta-Arizona game with a lot of scoring, and it's a a decent over-under that could hit 50 points. So we've got to talk about it, right? Fantasy purposes. Let's look a little bit at what Allen's done in the last three weeks. 26% market share of targets has gone to CMC. That's not a surprise there. We know that. But Curtis Samuel has 25%. He's just behind CMC here. So I actually like Samuel as a locked and loaded flex play or above this week because I think with that high over under, Samuel is a field stretcher. We've seen teams get down the field. We just saw Teddy Bridgewater throw all over Tampa Bay in the secondary. We saw Jared Goff get after them in the secondary. I think that Samuel has a big day here. Allen may actually have a decent fantasy day. I'm starting him as a streamer in my work league. Kind of a little weird, but I have some quarterback <laughs> issues. Um, don't we all? I do, I do think that he is living off that. I don't love DJ Moore here. The target market share hasn't been great. He is a great talent, but I think he's better suited for when Cam Newton gets back in the offense. And then, of course, CMC. Johnny, is there anybody here you're really intrigued with on the Carolina side that sticks out to you? No, I think that you pretty much nailed it all on the head. I I, I do want to note we didn't mention it in our news and notes, but CMC, uh, he did sit yesterday. There was some concern about cramps at the end of last uh, game. He did return to practice today. He is looking like a full go for Sunday's Sunday's game so uh, get him in your lineup and I and I agree with your breakdown assessment of Samuels and DJ Moore moving forward Tampa Bay is their opponent and Tampa Bay's got some really good pass catchers who don't look very good right now I mean Mike Evans is still Mike Evans but he had a big old gooser last week OJ Howard is an elite talent and an elite pooper over there (laughs) but they're still they put up 55 points against the Rams big Travi 
Yeah, what's weird is actually what you're seeing here is is Bruce Arians. Everybody wants to think that Bruce Arians is this big throw down the field guy, and he is. He loves to throw down the field. He's not a huge doing it all the time. Like he's had some years with a lot of pass attempts, sure. He likes to run the ball when you look at it. He does like to run the ball, and he's doing that a little bit here. And who suffers in that case? I think the tight end suffers in his offenses. It has. We used to say, oh, well, he didn't have anybody as talented as O.J. Howard. Well, now it just looks like the tight end is not a feature of a Bruce Arians offense. And what is that slot receiver? And who is that? Chris Chris Godwin, Godwin, man. And Godwin is an appropriate name because he's been otherworldly. He's the wide receiver one this season. He's fifth in receptions. He's third in yardage and first in touchdowns. On paper, this Carolina team, similar to a Baltimore team, looks tough against the pass. But over the last two weeks, they've given up nearly 40 points per game to the wide receiver position, and they've surrendered the fifth most yards to wide receivers this year. I even like Mike Evans as a bounce-back game. We talked about the zero last week, but he's not going to have Lattimore on him this week. Carolina's susceptible, high over under. I really like the pass catchers minus O.J. Howard to get right in this game. Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, touching on the O.J. Howard thing. He only had two targets in in the last game. He does seem to be NBA's doghouse. However, what's interesting, he's only seeing about 8% target market share, which is very concerning, right, for as talented as O.J. Howard. You know, there's a lot of people calling on Twitter. I love how Twitter is becoming like the new, because of the power of it, because of how many people are on it, it's trying to become like the new movement of trying to get things to happen. Uh, A lot of people on Twitter are saying, please trade O.J. Howard to the New England Patriots. We'd all love it. Yeah, we would love that, but he is not probably (laughs) going to be traded there. And uh, what was interesting was Byron Leftwich, who is the offensive coordinator or or assistant offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He He came out and was quoted as saying, O.J. Howard's time will come. It is coming soon. Uh, now, do I believe this? <laughs> right at, no, right I, at the end of the yeah, year when yeah, they right, cut him. <laughs> right when everyone thinks that uh, he is dead in the water, that's when he will have his game, which is more more than likely going to happen. I'm not starting O.J. Howard this week. Uh, we talked about you know Mike Evans. This might be another buy low opportunity. Listen, we had said this a, a few weeks ago. We told you buy low on Mike Evans. And then sure enough, what happened? He had three, three touchdowns. touchdowns in one game. Now, I'm not saying this is a three touchdown game because they aren't playing the New York Giants. I'm saying it. But oh, you're <laughs> all right. Well, I'll put it on record. I do think, though, uh, Mike Evans will have a solid game this week against this Carolina Panthers defense because I think they will hone in more on uh, Chris Godwin. I still think that Chris Godwin will feast, but I do think that Mike Evans will actually score more than zero points, which is not a huge stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying anything (laughs) wild here, but I do think that uh, Mike Evans will be minimum a wide receiver too. I do think he will be on that fringe of a wide receiver one this week. Mike Evans is one of the most talented and most physically gifted wide receivers in the NFL, and Jameis Winston loves him. The wide receiver position is a naturally volatile position. It's part of the game. It's what's going to happen. But who Mike Evans is and his connection with Jameis Winston is not going to shift. It could level out as it gets going. I expect that. But that buy low window is back open. Yeah. This is a true gift there. And I want to highlight one moment 
peeking a little into the psychology of Jameis Winston and why I'm very confident of saying this is it's from a, a line a few weeks back when they were playing against the Carolina Panthers on that Thursday night game. The game had concluded. Mike Evans did not have a good game over no. there. And Chris Godwin did. And the reporter after the game had asked Jameis Winston about Chris Godwin. The question was about Chris Godwin. You know, oh, is Chris Godwin, you know, how much you love him throwing the ball to him? How much you doing this? And Mike Evans, or excuse me, um, Jameis Winston comes out and says, he's like, listen, when you got one of the best receivers in the NFL and Mike Evans over here and he's on your team, it's going to create openings for other players on the field. He didn't. The question was about Chris Godwin and he didn't even say the man's name. He said Mike <laughs> Evans' name and he's one of the best receivers in football and other people are going to get passes because of it. Yeah, so, I love that. I love that. He's folk. He. Mike Evans is one of the best football. If one of the you best are worried about Mike Evans, you shouldn't be. Austin's telling you not to worry here. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about it when we're talking buy sell. But I think that's a, a perfect example of they've got a plethora of riches over there yeah. in their wide receiver core. This is now the new best wide receiver core in the NFL. It's overtaken. Pittsburgh was last year. Minnesota. You could say Minnesota is there, but I really think that this – this receiving core even, outdoes that receiver. Even, this year, well, this even year the it LA does. Rams, even the LA Rams. I would say yeah. that this is yeah. a better duo but than the, the LA Rams. The Rams are a group of guys that do it from hard work. I mean, you just look at guys yeah. that work hard. This is talent-wise. Uh, I'm you're you're saying Mike Evans doesn't two. work hard? How dare you? Hey, last week you didn't work hard. They're definitely very talented. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, just, I think you don't need to worry about Mike Evans. Godwin's having a year. That's fine. I think they're both going to have good years. Yes. Speaking of other teams that should have be having good years, Oof. the game of the week, Woo-hoo. Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs, 55-point over-under. Give me some of this game. Casey's Can't wait favorite to by watch four this. and a half. Now, I love this matchup, but I do not love quarterbacks dealing with bum ankles, and I know that Patrick Mahomes is a straight-up G. He did take a wicked blow from a very big man to his ankle, and he did his Patrick Mahomes spicy ketchup. I'm from Texas with Kermit the frog voice, but <laughs> going to get MVP at 19 years old or whatever, yeah. you know, all this stuff. He's absolutely amazing. But when you take those ankle blows like this, it changes a lot of stuff. And I've just had to get this one out there because he's amazing at what he does. I'm not blowing the concern whistle just yet. I'm just saying, be aware of it though, because it is something that's there. And I'm glad you brought it up. Austin. We had talked about this on the Sunday show immediately after the action last week. And we talked about, what really brings Patrick Mahomes to that special upper echelon is his ability when the play breaks down and when he's moving outside the pocket. And once his ankle got hurt and then it got hurt again, he wasn't doing that anymore. And what you saw was the team was able to play them man-to-man press coverage. What I will say is we are supposed to get Tyreek Hill back in this game. And when Tyreek Hill is on the field, you cannot play man-to-man. It, you will just not be able to do it. It's a losing um, recipe. So I think that in this game, I think if they get a strong running game going and they get Mahomes kind of eased into this with a week of treatment, he could be a lot better than what sure. he was showing on Sunday night. Johnny, let's start with Kansas City. We've already been talking about Patrick Mahomes here. Talk to me a little bit about the wide receivers over there with Kansas City. So it's it's sounding like Sammy Watkins is not going to be able to give it a go. He's got a hamstring injury. He was pulled early in uh, the game in the last in, in last Sunday's game. And so that that makes me think about Byron Pringle, right? If you need a spot spot uh, spot start, you need a flex option. 
I would go and get Byron Pringle, who stepped up in a big way last weekend. He had six uh, catches on eight targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. Listen, you just want a piece of this offense if you can get it. And and a lot of people are going to say, well, what about, uh, you know, Miko Hardman? Well, like you alluded to, Tyreek Hill is supposed to be back for this game, and that eliminates uh, Mikael Hardman out of the equation for now. In a couple of years, this is going to be a dead scary situation because you could have Byron, uh, you could have Mikael Hardman and Tyreek Hill on the field at the same time, and that's virtually impossible to guard. But we're talking about today's day and age. We're talking about this weekend's games. And so Byron Pringle should step into that situation for Sammy Watkins. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what about Robinson? Robinson was the guy that filled in at first. You know, he had the monster game, but he really hasn't done anything since week one when he, or sorry, week two, when he filled in for that first game for Tyreek Hill. So I, I, you see the connection with Byron Pringle and uh, Pat Mahomes. But, Travis, what I do want to reiterate, I think this is going to be a monster, monster game for Travis Kelsey. I think he is going to get right back on track. Why? Because we have seen the effect that Tyreek Hill has on Travis Kelsey. He, uh, he takes away the double team. Uh, the double team now has to go to Tyreek Hill and and favor that side, which leaves a one-on-one with Travis Kelsey. And we all know, just like if I try to grab, uh, if I try to guard Big Travi, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, B- uh, Travis Kelsey is too big. He's too strong. And so I do think that Travis Kelsey will be back on track. He is going to score a touchdown this week. I'm coming out. I'm singing on the show right here. Strong, strong name, strong man. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Damian Williams here is what I'm most interested in. I, I, Johnny, you know, basically covered the pass catchers here. But for me, it's about the running game. Damian Williams comes back last week, and we saw this backfield do something really funky it hadn't done all year. Damian Williams playing 54% of the snaps, and then Shady and Daryl Williams playing 22% each. So a little bit weird here. Reed did say after the game it was pass protection issues. We also saw Shady had the fumble. Um, did but did Damian Williams come back and regain complete starter status in this offense? Are we going to see Shady creep back up in, in in percentage this week? It's a little bit interesting. What I will say is Houston seventh fewest rushing yards per game that they're allowing, but or I'm sorry on the year, but they're allowing the most receptions to opposing running backs with 45 in five games, nearly nine receptions per game uh, to the running back position. So I really like Damian Williams in this game. I think it's a blow-up spot. You want a piece of that backfield. You want a piece of that team in a high over-under. This Kansas City Chiefs team is just so impressive. They've put in so many different wide receivers and running backs over the course of the last two seasons, and they are they I mean, have not flinched with their We talk top. about... It's a little bit of the antithesis of Seattle. They're they're getting talented guys and putting them in, but it's still a system, right? They are still believing in who they plug in to make the difference here. This is definitely going to be an exciting game over there. I just will say temper expectations a little bit because of that ankle with uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's why I think just like Seattle, when we saw Russell Wilson with with an ankle injury a couple years ago, it really, really took some of the shine off of his games. Luckily, I will say that I think that the offense will be able, I mean, Reed will be able to scheme some things in there to make Mahomes still productive. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I, I love investing in the running game. 
game. Really exciting. Yeah, and on the other side of the ball, Houston's a really exciting team coming off that amazing performance last week with those three touchdowns from Will Fuller. DeAndre Hopkins, still one of the best receivers in the NFL. Deshaun Watson doing his thing, reminding us why he's the Michael Jordan of football, says his head coach uh, back in college. So what are you looking most out for there over there, Travis? I just want to see the encore that Will Fuller is going to put up here. I mean, we finally saw some positive regression based on the metrics that we've seen with Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. Uh, he Will Fuller this year is fourth in air yards. We talk about air yards being a very sticky stat that wide receivers have. He's averaging just under eight targets per game. But what I love is in games with Watson and Fuller on their in their careers together, 19% market share has gone to Will Fuller. He averages six targets, three catches, 64 yards, and nearly a touchdown per game at 0.75. He's averaging 12.8 half-point PPR points per game when he is in the lineup with Deshaun Watson. And if we are lucky enough to get a full year of Fuller healthy, we're going to see 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns based on those metrics. And I just love that. I mean, football deserves that. If you like football, you should be rooting for that because watching what Deshaun Watson did with a perfect passer rating, throwing five touchdowns last week, unless, of course, you were Austin in our league of record <laughs> yeah. going up against those two. But watching that is is something like that. You I played against him in our league of record and our dynasty whispers. League. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know what's oh, worse uh, being up against it or knowing that it was sitting on your bench uh, accumulating a lot of points on there. Uh, I yeah. don't know what is worse, but uh, we talked about it. Listen, if you got our draft kit, for the low price of only $10, which was a steal, uh, go Again, check out our reviews. Yeah, uh, we, we were talking up Will Fuller. We were saying he is a good value. And uh, for a lot of people that draft him and then dropped him, I swooped him up in every single league possible that he was on the waiver because I knew this was coming. He loves Will Fuller. He loves targeting Will Fuller. And Will Fuller just has a knack for the end zone. He is a dog sniffing out a bone that happens to be right in the middle of the end zone, and he ends up getting it. Every, you know, almost every game that he plays with Deshaun Watson. I love him, but also I, I do want to talk about, and I know we will touch on this in the next segment, segment so I don't want to get too deep into it, but this is a massive, massive buy low opportunity for DeAndre Hopkins, and this window is is about to slam shut after this game because of the high over-under, and I do expect DeAndre Hopkins, he shows up in big games. I expect him to have a very, very solid day. All right, and with that one, moving we wrapped on now him to... Up. We wrapped him up. Those are the most exciting games we saw this week. Thank you for those breakdowns, Johnny and Travis. Uh, for now, these player fades away, as I mentioned. So some of these players who are a little under the radar, not your obvious... Um, choices to start or to sit or to trade or to keep or or really just where your evaluation on their arrow is pointing up right or down that's what it comes down to so the first name that we're going to talk about here uh johnny we talked about gus edwards earlier the bus himself you're you're a fan of him yeah yeah, uh, I talked about him earlier. I just wanted to throw that out and reiterate if you made it this far in the podcast. Thank you. We appreciate you. But also, <laughs> make sure you go out and get Gus Bus. Uh, Gus Edwards should have a very solid day. But I will mention my my guy here that I truly want to say, uh, Noah Fant. 
Listen, the tight end position is bleak. You also have Darren the Baller Waller on by, which is a little bit difficult for you. Listen, I'm in the same situation here. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And Noah Fant is a very solid option. Now, I understand what you're saying to me right now. You're listening on the radio. You're listening through your headphones while you're working out. And you're saying, Noah Fant has done absolutely nothing this year, Johnny Game Time. And I agree. He hasn't. But I will say he is he is getting 10% of that target market share in that offense. This is a good matchup. And also, you look at what Tennessee is giving up. Their defense is solid. But if you look at the one weakness in their defense, they are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to the tight end position. So if you need to stream for a week, I'm not saying season long. I'm saying for this one week, if you have Darren Waller on your on your team, look to pick up Noah Fant. He should be a very solid play for you this week. And your fade. It's a little sneaky one over here. Who you got, John? Yeah, so Gerald Everett uh, is actually a fade. Now, I understand he was a massive, massive pickup on the waiver wire. He had a very solid game last week. He looked great. It looks like uh, the uh, L.A. Rams are looking to involve the tight end position a little bit more to the uh to the dismay of me as a Robert Woods owner, I don't like to see that. However, you look at the matchup. They are going against the San Francisco 49ers this week. And the San Francisco 49ers actually have a very good defense. And not only do they have a good defense overall, they have a very solid defense when it comes to guarding the tight end position. In fact, they are top five at that position, at guarding that position. So I do fade a little bit Everett, ex, uh, temper your expectations and starting him this week. Again, the tight end landscape is super, super thin. So if you do have to go that way, it is what it is. But don't expect what you saw last weekend to happen again this weekend. Gerald Everett or OJ Howard this week, Johnny? Uh, I, I would go Gerald Everett over OJ Howard this week. Yeah, so crazy. World yeah, that, that's an inter- yeah, that's an interesting one because Gerald Everett was a huge waiver wire pickup yeah. this week, right? right? Based on what he's done the last couple of weeks, and then you, we've we're, you know Johnny is saying don't be afraid here to go ahead and bench him if you picked him yeah. up as like a. We just don't expect to have yeah. some out some temper, stellar performance, yeah, but it is still a tight end, and yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Travis, sneaky play this week. Who, who who's uh popping up on your radar? Yeah, so Miles Sanders is a guy that Whisper Nation's heard me talk about all summer long. I'm, I swear I'm not just trying to make this happen. Or Eagles running it, back, wish it to happen. But Miles Sanders, Philadelphia Eagles. Look on paper, you're looking at this matchup and you're saying, why in the heck am I starting a running back against Minnesota? It's not really more about Minnesota's run defense because I do think Jordan Howard is going to be that first down guy. That, the red zone guy. It's about Miles Sanders' ability to catch out of the backfield, and so I think that you know he's had three or um, he's had four targets in three of the last four games, and he's averaging thirteen point three yards per catch. So I really like his ability to catch out of the backfield, and that's probably how they're going to have to attack Minnesota because they should shut down some of the depleted weapons that Minnesota has. I like some of those big plays that Miles Sanders has been pulling out. I think he's primed for another one, and I think he could get a couple in this game. I'm not surprised if Sanders breaks 100 yards this game. Yeah, and I think a lot of that will have to do scrimmage yards, and I think a lot of that will have to do through the air. Uh, Fading, though, this week, it's an NFL darling. Yeah, everybody loves DJ Chark, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this because I've been the slowest on his bandwagon. Yeah. I've wrote about him several times in the stay-away column thinking that he was going to be a one-hit wonder. 
I need to preface this by saying DJ Chark is for real. Okay. What Minshew has done with him is great. He's dominating the target share for them. He is, he has done great things. He's, he's dominating in air yards, but he will face Marsh Marshawn Lattimore this week, who over the last three weeks has been a lockdown corner. I mean, this is what we thought Lattimore was in his rookie year and beyond. And he's doing it again. He's showing flashes of eliteness, only seven catches on 17 targets for a total of 115 yards in the last three weeks to the guys he's been guarding, okay? Zero touchdowns to those wide receivers and only 41% completion percentage to those wide receivers. I know what you're probably thinking. Oh, that's scrubs. No, we're talking Amari Cooper. Mike Evans' big fat zero last week was because of Marshawn Lattimore, and I just think, you know, the only one who really had success was DK Metcalf, and that was in Seattle. He had uh, 68 yards on him, but I, I just think DJ Chark is going to get a slice of humble pie this week, and that's going to be fine. You're going to continue to roll him out there, either temper expectations or bench him if you've got some wide receiver depth because I think he gets shut down this week. And that's it for the play or fade. State of ways, plays, fades, may mays in your team. <laughs> Slow <Hey>, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, guys. We wrapped it up. We did our, our week six uh, matchups. Any other storylines for you, Austin, Johnny, that you're really looking forward to this week uh, going in? Maybe we didn't touch on this week. I, I, oh, I would like, I'm going to jump in here. A uh, major storyline for me is, uh, in our league of record, I, I do play Big Travi. It's a big matchup oh, for yeah. me. So uh, that is a major storyline. I have to win. There's no uh, – I cannot I cannot afford another loss. Uh, I oh, need to good win. News, and... Good news for Johnny is he's pretty much already won. No, don't uh, you I'd give like, me that. I'd like to uh, – No, I don't want to I'd like that. to congratulate him now. No. So that, um, that is my major storyline heading into this weekend, Big Travi. And, and Austin's here. All right, so uh, what about you, Austin? Any big storylines you got? You know, I'm just really looking forward to watching my two favorite teams, the Packers and the Cardinals. They are doing some exciting things, but not consistent enough yet, and I want to see how that goes with their new head coaches. Perfect. For me, I I think we talked about a little bit. I don't mean to be the popular guy, but I love the Houston-Kansas City game. I think that's going to be a a barn burner, and I I can't wait to watch it. Whisper Nation, we want to know what you're looking forward to the most in Week 6 or any lineup questions you have. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We go live every Sunday, hour before kickoff on Instagram and YouTube. So check us out there. Hit like and subscribe. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. This is Austin Sear, and we are the Fantasy Whisperers, and we're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.